0: It's impossible to really see the entire picture looking forward. Looking back, it all makes complete sense. And that's why you've got to be careful of like taking score too quickly about what's happening or not happening in your life based on your faith or based on your positive thinking or based on even the action you're taking because you can't see the entire picture.
1: This is your Kick-Ass Life podcast, episode number 260 with guest Rob Mack. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, guess what? I went to the gym this morning So I took like a month off and I don't know what happened. No, I do know what happened. I take that back. I know exactly what happened. I just wasn't putting it in my calendar anymore. And if I'm not putting it in the calendar, you know, I look at my calendar and I'm like, what's on, what's on the agenda today? I got some clients. I have my group program. I am the tutors coming over. We have swim practice, Girl Scout meeting. Workout isn't on there. I don't even really think about it. And so that's what happened. But I am back. I've gone twice this week and this morning. Holy moly, she kicked our ass. She was having some problems with the sound system. And so we started like, it was like a good 10 minutes late and it's only a 45 minute class. And so she's like, I got some making up to do. We're going to do speed drills instead of our usual workout. And I almost threw up. (laughs) So now also my chest, if I laugh, so I just had a client this morning and I I told her and I'm like, I might choke to death if I laugh too much. So I'm going to try not to. It's that feeling of like, my chest very well might explode. I just am not in the best shape. Oh, and I have noticed side effect from being middle-aged. It takes me a little bit longer to kind of like get back, get back into it, but I'm, I'm committed. And that, that is just how it is. I mean, Well, and two, I want to congratulate myself mildly, and I hope that you take a lesson. Take note, listeners, that I am not beating myself up for taking this break. Hey, I took a two-year break not that long ago, so taking a month off is really not that big of a deal. I'm back in the saddle, literally going to spin class, and it is what it is. I just really—what works for (laughs) me— It's so obvious. It's the obvious things. I have to make it a priority because it will not just magically make itself a priority, you know? And maybe that's helpful for you if you're one of those people who go into the new year with new fitness goals or just new goals in general. You have to make them a priority and sometimes other things have to fall off. I have made it so where three times a week, maybe four if I'm lucky, at least three times a week, I do not take appointments until 10 o'clock because I go to the gym and that's just how it is. So I have to say no sometimes to somebody who wants to get on my calendar at 9 a.m. on a Thursday and I'm like, I'm sorry, you're going to have to wait or pick another day or just make other arrangements. Make it a priority. Speaking of making things a priority, I mentioned last week, if you heard me telling you about it, I'm taking a small group of women. I have the honor, I should say, I have the honor and privilege of taking a small group of women over the last several months. We started in September. I'm, I'm recording this and it's coming out in December 2018 taking a small group of women through what is uh, my signature program. And it's it's now called The Mentorship. And coming up in 2019, I will be offering it again with some slight variations. I just, again, like I mentioned last week, it's taken me a long time to realize this is really my zone of genius is small groups, deep transformational work. The group is so small, like I know everybody's personal stuff. I know the names of your partners. I know what you do for a living. Like nothing gets by me. The group is supporting each other like crazy. I, I just, it, it is heart explosion to the max. And these women are seeing such huge transformation and seeing results in their lives because they are making it a priority. Yes, there are weeks when, shit hits the fan in their life, or it's a crazy busy work schedule and they can't make the calls or they just fall off the Facebook group for a little while and we're tagging them, you know, how are you? Come back. We miss you. What's going on with this? What's going on with that? And really, they are all making it a priority as best they can. And that is when you see really big results. A new group is rolling out in the new year, which I'm really excited about this part. It includes a two-day workshop retreat here at my house. So you can come and snuggle up with my dog. She'll be like our little therapy dog, probably just like sleeping on anyone who will let her. We don't actually have a page up, so if you want to be one of the first, i I'm again, I'm limiting the amount of women who can come in and we'll get invitations to join. And if you want an application and a call with me to see if it's a good fit for you, just shoot us an email at support at yourkickasslife.com with application in the subject line. We'll send you a PDF that has an outline of what it includes, who it's great for, just bullet points that get to the point. And then if you feel like it's a hail yes, then there's an application. Again, it doesn't obligate you to join, but I would love if you are a fit to join us in 2019 and change your life for the better. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Ecstatic to bring you today's guest. Rob Mack was actually introduced to me by my dear friend, Kira Sabin, who's also been here on the podcast. And he's just a delight, a delight. I don't use that word ever, but I am reserving it for Rob Mack because he is just a delight. And something kind of funny, when I was getting everything together to record this intro for you, you know, I I get the bio of the guest that I have. And sometimes I do a little bit of editing if it's got like an extra paragraph that's just not necessary for me to read. And y'all, Rob's bio is like 17 pages long. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm just going to summarize and tell you he's been on a lot of TV. He has had celebrity clients. He's even dated some celebrities. And Let me actually read to you a little bit about Rob. Robert Mack is an Ivy League-educated celebrity happiness coach, positive psychology expert, published author, and TV host personality. Robert's first book, Happiness from the Inside Out, The Art and Science of Fulfillment, is celebrity-endorsed and critically acclaimed. It has been translated into various other languages, including Chinese. Robert received his Bachelor's of Science degree in psychology, conducted his MBA coursework at the University of Miami, and attained his Master's in Applied Positive psychology from the University of Pennsylvania. And I will add, he's a very snappy dresser. Quick trigger warning. Towards the beginning of my talk with Rob, he tells his story, which includes depression and thoughts of suicide. So if anyone is sensitive to that topic, I just wanted to let you know ahead of time. So without further ado, here is Rob. Rob Mack, you're here on the show. I know. I've been waiting for this day. Awesome. I, you actually have because you had this really wacky schedule and you couldn't record with me until like 11, 17 p.m. my time. And I was like, no.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just sorry like, about that. We both have very demanding schedules, I've noticed.
1: I feel like yours is way fancier than mine, though, because you're, you know. It, it's
0: not. It's an illusion. You
1: definitely dress <laughs> fancier than I do. Everybody needs to go oh. out right now and follow Rob on social media just for your fashion and your outfits.
0: Oh my gosh. I owe you a check and not everybody is born as perfectly beautiful as you.
1: (laughs) Oh, stop. Let's just spend 45 minutes validating the shit out of each other.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm down. Everyone's like, that's great. (laughs) Yes. A very useful way to spend our time. Well, do
1: you just, do you have a stylist or is that all you? Do you pick all your own clothes?
0: Yeah. So, um, so. I was in the fashion business for like 10 years. and I, didn't I met know that about you. Yeah, I, I was in the fashion business for 10 years. I worked as a model, which basically at the time meant I was mostly unemployed. Okay, okay, <laughs> I did have a few which, yeah. spectacular highlights. <laughs> um, but I met this incredible um, woman who's a friend of mine, Melanie Whittle, and she's a personal stylist and um, celebrity sort of stylist. And so she helped me establish a signature style, which I now riff off of. So she was like, you know, you're kind of like a khaki kind of you know, Chino and blazer with an open collared shirt kind of guy Yeah. and maybe can kind of riff off that. So she kind of gave me a few tips and pointers and I just continue to riff off that. And then when big events come along, I just have her on like speed dial. So I call her and she helps out.
1: I love that. I really want to get, maybe I'll hire this Melanie person. Cause I would like to really hone in on my own personal style, which I, I am kind of getting into these days, probably for a different. You've got
0: great, you've got great style and oh. great taste. Andrea and and and, and I also know what you mean because I you know often felt that way too. Like man, I really want to zero in on that which makes me me. Yes, fully you know sort of be more fully expressed that way. And so yeah, she's great for that. Um, She'll help you sort of just you know identify signature style, and then you can kind of take it and run.
1: Well, we'll have to. Did you say her name is Melody or Melanie?
0: Melanie Whittle.
1: Melanie. Well, she's our first link in the show notes. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Awesome. I just, awesome. I just love your energy and your style and your personality and I, I'm so glad to finally be able to introduce you to my people and I can link in the show notes to my appearance on Good Morning La La Land, which I was on Rob's show when I was out there in Los Angeles for my book tour and I love your people and I I your story is so interesting to me because when if you ever met Rob, you would be like, this guy's got it together and you just have this, it's just really, um, it's hard to explain, but just peacefulness comes out of your pores kind of. But at the same time, to me, you seem so relaxed and I know that this does not, and I know you're not a perfect person, but I know it doesn't come naturally to me. Like you work at this stuff and that's why I wanted to have you on.
0: Mm, I so appreciate that, Andrea. You know, I love you so much. You know that I do. And, um, the very first time I ever met you, I thought, man, there was just something so incredibly magnetic, and, uh, beautiful about Andrea, you know, inside and out. And, um, so I, 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 receive what you say there. And yet I also recognize it's a reflection of you. Um, and it, yeah, but you're right. Like, you know, early in my life, I mean, look, most of my life, I'd say I was really extremely anxious and stressed and worried and overthinking and overanalyzing. And I see now the way in which that served me well, but the time it was miserable and I, yeah. you know, really suffered. Um, well, take us through that
1: because you had a time where you seriously contemplated suicide, right? And you had some dark hours.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, to be honest with you, great family. We didn't have a whole lot of money, but a tough childhood only because we didn't have a lot of money really. And that makes for us sometimes a lot of conflict. And so growing up um, I was a hard worker, did well in school, did well on the field, played basketball, football, cross country, everything, baseball. Um, and I always did well because I was willing to like, Die <laughs> for my grades or mm-hmm. for, you know, uh, a good performance on the field. So, but later in life, you know, as, as I sort of just continued to grow and compete and perform, I discovered that I was really unhappy and it was only becoming worse as my lo- life seemed to get better. Right. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I was probably in my 20s. I had a great consulting ger- job, I had a great girlfriend. Um, family was healthy. I was healthy. I mean, it really had no joke. You went no to an Ivy League school,
1: right? It's no joke that you. I did. Yeah. Okay. Got good grades. Yeah.
0: I. I did, yeah. That that uh, that student loan bill will never let me forget that. Oh, <laughs> I did not go to an Ivy
1: League school, but yes, I have one too. Cheers to that.
0: Yes, yes. Much appreciation for Penn. But before the Ivy League school, which was a graduate program, I was really suffering with depression, and I got to a place where I basically decided I was going to kill myself because I just couldn't turn this ship around, sort of psychologically. I was going to slice my wrist. Like, so I went to go get a steak knife. I did research online, went to get a steak knife. And, um, you know, I dug it in my arm because I wanted to see how painful it was, to be quite honest. And something really strange happened that moment, you know, sort of as I contemplated killing myself and as I dug the knife in, I experienced this very odd, very unexpected peace wash over me. And I felt more joyful in that contemplation of my own death and suicide than I had probably ever before in my life. And I couldn't Wait, explain. I want to stop you for a
1: second right there because I did not know the story about you. And I – like, okay, f- the the little I know about depression and suicide is that that it's it's pretty serious when someone – because someone can talk about wanting to end their life and even tell other people that they want to end their life. But I, from what I understand is when it gets serious is when someone actually has a plan. And is that where you were? Like had you told anyone? I mean I know that there's nuances to it, but had you told anyone or were you all oh, by yourself –
0: yeah. I didn't tell anyone okay. um, one. I didn't want to share it with anybody that might be in my professional circle. Cause I didn't want it getting back to the company and I want that to be an issue. Um, I didn't feel like anybody else in my life really understood. I had hinted at my depression and talked sort of tongue in cheek about how miserable life itself was. Um, but most people would just say, Oh, I don't think, that way. I think more positively, or they would just sort of brush it off. And sometimes I would get more serious about it. it generally people didn't understand. And mm-hmm. so I didn't share it. Okay. No, I didn't really share it. Yeah. So when I had this moment of peace kind of wash over me, I decided that I would put off suicide for like an hour and just, you know, kind of like, I don't know, do a little research, figure out what was going on. Like, why did I feel this peace when on the inside, when nothing on the outside had changed? As I began to dug, sort of dig in, to the research and a little bit of introspection, um, you know, that hour sort of slipped into a day, the day slipped into a week and the week slipped into longer periods of time. That doesn't mean that I didn't have ever experienced suicidal ideation in moments for, for the, for the next several years. Cause I did. Uh-huh. Um, but it was never quite as serious and I was never nearly as committed as I was that day in the process of this, I discovered a whole, like there was an entire field of research that was developing around what we call the progress paradox, which is the idea that over the last 50, 60, 70 years, life has gotten better for most people in most ways, but most people feel worse for it. So objectively, life has gotten better. Quality of life has improved for most people across the world. And yet we have more anxiety, more depression, more drug use. We have more unhappiness. Um, you know, We have so much more dysphoria than we ever have had in the history of, uh, of man and womankind it was a really sort of strange uh, discovery that I, that I made. And so at some point I discovered that a lot of this research was coming out of university of Pennsylvania. I found a program there, masters of applied positive psychology, which is the study of what makes life worth living. Um, after some thought I was at the time I was doing a lot of entertainment stuff. So I was doing the modeling. I was doing a little bit of acting. I was promoting parties, whatever would pay the bills while I was going to business school. When I found this pen program, I was like, man, I really got to find a way to do that too. Um, So I eventually matriculated into that program, graduated from that program. And that was about, I don't know, I guess 11 years ago.
1: Mm -hmm. So it sounds like that was kind of your jumping off point where you, I just think that the universe works in such mysterious ways like that. It's like, wow, I think I'm going to do a little research. God bless the internet sometimes, right?
0: Totally. I mean, absolutely. You know, it's interesting because I, I would call it without question, divine discontent. Um, and uh-huh. I, I would say that there are very, I don't know if there's anything but divine discontent because it's always an, an, sort of an invitation, an opportunity to discover that which makes you truly, deeply happy. happy. And it, it's wild because the internet and social media allows you to connect with people sort of more effectively and efficiently uh, and more quickly than ever before. So there is great opportunity actually to discover you know, ways to increase your happiness and subjective well-being through online resources in ways like we've never experienced before.
1: Uh Um,
0: And that being said, I'd say that most of us aren't using it as intentionally or strategically in that direction as we could.
1: Okay. Which is a good segue to sort of what I wanted to ask you about next and about (laughs) meditation. And I know that I can't even remember what it is exactly that I asked you when I saw you in LA. I think I asked you about your meditation practice and you were like, well, I'm always meditating or something like that. And I like, oh, Mac, you shut up. You shut up right now. Because, the, well, and I'm, I'm only half teasing because the the women that I talk to and that are largely a part of this audience, they, and I'm not at all saying that you're not busy, Rob, but they mm-hmm. are, let me describe them if I may. They're, sometimes they're moms, sometimes they're not. And if they're not, they're typically very career-driven women. Sometimes they're both, they're, they're career women um, moms and they feel like they don't have a spare second of the day to take a shit, let alone <laughs> meditate all the time and so remember you know that's that that's your audience but how do you how do you give advice to those people a and b just can you give us a snippet into what your whether I was paraphrasing you incorrectly or not what does your meditation practice look like
0: yeah um it's a great point you said it perfectly and look um my mom and my sister are perfect illustrations of, um, the women you just described. I mean, they are not stuck every day, all day, and they don't even have time to sleep. Right. So I would say that, um, when I say that I'm meditating all day, so uh, there's a number of levels to this. Okay. So at the deepest level, okay. Um, we don't meditate. We are meditation. What that means essentially is that at your deepest core, okay, you are non-physical, you are spirit and spirit itself is always, in meditation, meaning that it's at at your deepest core, which is something that goes beyond your mind. So we often identify and say, oh, you know, I'm this body or I'm this mind, but you're actually not. You're actually something that transcends all of that. And that is just, we'll call it spirit. We'll call it life force. You can call it God. You can call it source, but it's something that's always in meditation. It's something that's always tapped in, tuned in, turned on, and doesn't require thinking to get there. So that's the first thing I'll say. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this second level, which is sort of a level up is that meditation doesn't require you sitting in the lotus position, you know, with your fingers, legs crossed and you know doing nothing else but just you know focusing on your Entry breathing mind. or mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't right. So in fact, that's um, a great place to start. but ideally, you want to have or experience a meditative approach to life. You want to take a meditative approach, meditative approach to everything you do. So that's why we call it mindful mindful walking, mindful talking, you can call it mindful, Breathing, mindful showering. I mean, everything can become a moment of meditation to the extent that you drop the incessant compulsive thinking that Mm -hmm. occupies all of your time and effort and energy all day, every day, right? So you can be in the shower and it doesn't require you to be thinking the same negative, redundant thoughts you've thought all your life. You can be in a conversation and you don't have to be in the conversation simply putting together a story or putting together a response that you're going to express or communicate when the other person stops talking. You can simply be there as a presence. So for me, meditation in the deepest way is really practicing the presence of God. It's allowing your mind to be as quiet as humanly possible, as often as humanly possible, so that you can experience or be aware of your oneness with God itself or presence itself or spirit itself and let that come through and express itself instead of trying to figure it out and worry it through and, you know... It's all stress and strain and, you know, it's not getting you anywhere except, you know, leading you to greater unhappiness. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. So it's not nearly as difficult as people say. So one of the ways that people can start is what I call micro meditation. Micro meditation is simply enjoying a single breath without letting thoughts get in the way. So you could be on the phone. You could be. Anybody can do that. Yes.
1: (laughs) Anybody. I don't care how busy y'all are.
0: Exactly, Andrea. You just simply enjoy the breath like it's the last breath you ever have or you ever will have on earth. Who knows? It could be. Mm -hmm. So if you can just be more fully engaged in your physical senses as you enjoy, and the whole point is to enjoy, not to get good at it, okay? Not to be like a super career person, super super mom or super dad, (laughs) exactly, or super breather. You're just doing it for the joy of it. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you just stop doing what else you're doing, whatever else you're doing. You know, keep you know, keep an eye on the kids still and all that good stuff, or you know, keep you know, filling out that data entry form, whatever it is. Yeah. But you just can tap into the breath, and you can let go of this obsessive compulsive thinking that ruins everything.
1: I love that. It it reminds me of sometimes I I'm in a mastermind with just like a few of my peers, and I'm I'm the type of person where I'm like, all right, I'm ready to rock. Like, let's go, let's get started. (laughs) You know, I'm very much like, let's just. I don't like to beat around the bush or mess around or do any kind of like rituals, but I I do love them. I just am not good at leading them. It's just not something that it's not, I'm not skilled in it yet. That's all. And there's this one woman in my mastermind, Samantha Bennett. She's so great at it. it. All it is is a breathing exercise. I had Kathleen Booker on the podcast and she does breath work it was amazing. I did one of her workshops at soul camp and, and like, so when Sam leads one of these breath things and it's just, it's so simple. And yet I'm like, Oh my God, I feel so much better. Just who knew that yeah. breathing can make you feel so much <laughs> better and just bring you back to paying attention to your own body, to your friends, to the people that you love to just what's happening right now. And I'm the, the last person who's going to be like, this all just live in the moment. Let's put on <laughs> our flower crowns and our boho skirts and, no, I, I, I love, what did you call it? Micro meditations? Yes. Excellent. Anyone can do that. I absolutely yeah. love it.
0: And the great thing about it is it, it, it in and of itself can be, and will be more transformative than anything else you could possibly do in your life, including a silent retreat, including, you know, meditating for hours a day because you're integrating this meditative approach into the daily sort of routine activities that, you know, you're, consistently and constantly participating in yeah. Right. So you're integrating into your life in a way that even sometimes, you know, sort of expert meditators don't do. It's um, not about so, changing
1: everything in your life and adding all these new skills.
0: No, it's just one simple thing. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is, and it's hard for people to believe this and I can understand why we live in a world that doesn't encourage us to do it for one. And, the, and, and that says just the opposite that you can't experience better, bigger, more blissful results in all areas of your life simply by relaxing or yeah. simply by being at peace. And it's BS. It's, it's BS. For one, the point of all those other things in your life, no matter what it is you want to achieve or acquire or accomplish, is happiness. It is this alive peacefulness or this peaceful aliveness inside it. That is the point. If, if you didn't think you'd feel better for anything you want to accomplish or achieve or acquire in your life, you wouldn't be interested in it at right. all. Right? Exactly. I mean, like listening to this
1: podcast. Yeah. Exactly it's okay. Well, tell us about, you know, you're one of the most optimistic, you know, positive people I know, which I know you don't walk around like a thousand percent of the time feeling that way, (laughs) but what are some ways a person can start to build optimism, resilience and, and real confidence?
0: Yeah. So the first thing is, and this first step will take you all the way home is just making happiness your top priority. If you were actually committed to happiness and you made it more important than anything else in the world, and you trusted and you knew based on science and based on spirituality that it was going to lead to better a better life and and we mean that scientifically, that when you find happiness, happiness leads to More money, six to seven thousand dollars more over the course of your entire life, it leads to better relationships. You tend to get married earlier, stay married longer, happy relationships, even if you're not married, it 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 leads to six to seven years more more life. So you live six to seven years longer in all ways. Happiness makes your life better. If you actually, truly, deeply committed to that, to just putting happiness first and prioritizing the way you feel in any particular moment over everything else, that would take you all the way home. We don't have to explain anything else. That's the end of the conversation. You're done. Okay. But I feel like don't you have like, when gathered
1: need- the most energy from this whole conversation just by based on what you're saying. Like you're fired up about this.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. It's, it's, it's kind of in a way, it's a little frustrating because, you know, I'm not going to say exactly how old I am. I'm just barely over 21, but I've spent the better part of the 21 years. Not really. The better part of the 21 years. I
1: totally disbelieved you.
0: Right. I like, oh, I love you. Damn. For, I love you for, <laughs> yeah. I spent the better part of those 21 years. <laughs> um you know, like developing and cultivating all these practices and tools and reading. I mean, I used to read a book a day for years, and I love that I've done that, and I love that I've accumulated that knowledge. But at the end of the day, the simple stuff are the most profound, mm-hmm. and, and, and that itself would take you all the way there. If you really meant it, when you said you wanted to be happy more than anything else, you wouldn't tolerate a negative thought you would say, I don't care if it's real or not. I'm going to think positively right now in this moment because I feel better. And when I feel better, I do better and things go better. And even if they don't, I still have the ultimate treasure, which is happiness, which is feeling good right now.
1: Why do you think people still tolerate that?
0: Um, well, a number of reasons. One is neurological. Yeah. You know, We kind of have a brain that has a negativity bias. You know, Our brains are built to solve problems. And when they cannot find a problem to solve, they will create one. Yeah. And so it's sort of the same way the century of a ship works. They go out looking for problems. So that's number one. Two, um, in terms of the negativity bias, you know, we tend to overvalue negative experiences and we undervalue positive ones. That's also sort of built into our brain. Um, what that essentially means is that, you know, on average, you need about three to five positive experiences for every one negative experience to sort of like, you know, cancel that cancel out the negative. I feel like one, I need so.
1: 18 positive experiences to cancel out the one. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I, I feel you on that. Um, and it's true, but it's just practice. It is. Know, just practice.
1: I've been I've been listening to my friend Terry Cole talks about um this concept of the secondary gain that it's her belief that we we gain there's something that we're gaining by either like not doing the thing that we say that we want to do that's going to change our life and make us happier or holding on to the negative self talk. What do you think about that? What's your take?
0: Can you express that?
1: Well, so like there's she she says like there's gotta be something else that you're gaining from it. And it's I think for oh, some, yes, it's like yes. we're so used to these negative core beliefs about ourselves that we have. To undo that, we have to create a whole new identity and we well, become more comfortable in our uncomfortableness.
0: Well, it's true. You just crushed it. I mean, honestly, we often as human beings prefer familiarity. Yeah. To anything, I mean, we'll take an unhappy familiar situation to a happy un, uh, unfamiliar one. And that's day. why we get back together
1: with our ex-partners. That's
0: there. You go. Boom. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That's why folks often will stay in an abusive relationship. People, you know, for lots of reasons. Um. But and at the end of the day, she's absolutely right. And you know, the other thing is sometimes problems and unhappiness gives us an identity. Yeah. It gives us purpose right? And it also provides love and support and sympathy often, right? So sometimes the squeaky will gets the oil. And when that's all you've experienced in your life, when you don't have a taste of unconditional love or unconditional happiness, well, it's a great consolation prize. So you'll continue with that for a while. And that's why faith is such an important part of this whole process. If you don't have faith that you can experience a deeper, sort of more unabiding, uh, uh, more abiding, unconditional, immovable, unshakable, Kind of peace, love, and joy. You're going to always stick to that familiar experience of unhappiness and doing the things in the same way you've always done them.
1: That same path. How do you define faith? What does that look like for you? Because we have all a whole wide range of people listening.
0: Yeah. So I would say so. I have a very inclusive sort of spiritual um, perspective, and I would say at the deepest level, faith is practicing the presence of God. It's experiential, and it's something you do in the moment. And you, in the same way that you visit with your mom okay where you don't go to your mom ideally to get something from her to get money every time or whatever you just go to enjoy and experience her the presence of your mother that's the same way in which i think about faith it's practicing the presence of myself Could you say self with a capital s but my of of life of source energy of that which inside that which is inside me that is perfectly happy peaceful loving joyful that same intelligence that keeps the planets in orbit and then you know, the earth rotating and then revolving around the sun and keeps the sun shining and the grass growing. That same intelligence is not only in you, but it is you. So simply being in the presence of that, which you always are, but recognizing it, doing it consciously, that is the greatest, deepest level of faith. Because in that there is no doubt. There is no fear and there's not even any desire. It's just simply enjoyment. When you're in that spot, that sweet spot of just enjoying your own presence, so to speak. That's the deepest level of faith because, and everything happens from there. Miracles happen from there, Mm -hmm. but you're not in it for the miracles.
1: Okay. Just so we're clear.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I know it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. I know. Like okay. I'm doing a Ted talk and I'm trying to squeeze it all in. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. I only got, only got 20 minutes. Well, I want to circle back to what we were talking about previously because I, I feel like there's, I always try to use my intuition to the best of my ability during these, these episodes and sort of like whatever I think that my listeners want me to ask, then I ask, like, let's circle back to talking about being sort of, I know you didn't use this word, but I'm going to use it sort of addicted to our problems and It reminds me of, you know, personal example, when I was so stuck in the story of my, you know, me getting divorced and that whole heartbreak has had its iterations. You know, at first it was, you know, I was very, very stuck in the victim mode. I didn't actually stay there for a whole, whole long time. But I think also too you know, telling the story and it becoming my identity and really wanting to be free from the grief of that. It took me years to let go of because I finally had to admit to myself, I was afraid of who I was. Without it, you know, to ask myself the question like, who am I without this story? And I think for some people, you know, for someone listening that might be very stuck in there, and I and I don't want to dismiss trauma. I think that's a very real thing, and I'm sure you can speak to that too. But I I I wonder if there's people listening who feel very stuck in their story. of Maybe it's their family of origin. Maybe it's just whatever story it is, a, a heartbreak that they've had, whether it's recent or in the far past. What do you say to that? Where where do people start where they can start to try to let go of that story if if they are afraid of who they are without it?
0: It's a beautiful point. It's a really profound um, thing that you're highlighting here, Andrea. So I'd say begin by telling a better feeling story about everything in your life, a better feeling story based in truth, right? So I remember for a very long time, I had a story about my childhood. And the story was, I was an insecure and shy person and Lots of that was true to some extent, um, and I was worried, and I was stressed, and always, in all these things, and it was average intelligence. And then I began working, very sort of subtly at first, in bite-sized pieces, at telling a better feeling story about that. But in usually, for most people, don't start where it's hard. Start where it's easy. So when you're in a conversation with someone, and you, somebody just cut you off in traffic. You can either say the guy was an a hole, or you can say, you know, you can either stick to the facts, which is even best. Oh yeah. A guy pulled in front of me before I was ready for him to pull in front of me, or, or he pulled in front of me and I was didn't want him to. It's really the facts, okay? You know, like know you, second, you know what I say? I'm going to stop
1: you for a second because you know what I say about those people. Maybe they have to poop.
0: Yes, there you go. <laughs> I'm noticing a theme. Sounds like someone with kids. <laughs>
1: Maybe somebody has to poop. Right? Yep, because that's yes. yeah, it's
0: that's, true. It's true. You, you you don't know their story, so so sticking to the facts is always the first thing. Pull extracting all of the opinions that you have and biases. And that's one place you can start. The other place is just telling a better feeling story overall. You can either talk about any experience from the positive end of the stick or the negative end of the stick. And every single experience, every single person, every single condition or circumstances has both a positive end and a negative end. And if you focus on the positive end long enough and just tell the story of the positive end, it's still based in truth and just leave out the negative stuff or reframe that negative stuff in a way that's more, helpful and supportive in, of you and of what you want to achieve in your life, you'd be surprised at how much better and better you get at it. So just practice. And and for example, here's an example. I remember having any money, like literally I didn't have any money and I was living in Miami and this whole thing. And I was going to lose my apartment and I had to give up my cars and this whole thing. And I remember getting to a place in my life and I said, you know, here's the thing. There's so much in my life I cannot control circumstances, conditions, That makes it even more important to control the one thing that I can is what I'm thinking, what I'm focusing on, and what I'm feeling. And so I can either say I am completely broke right now, okay, or I can say I'm on my way to increasing abundance in my life, okay? And from here, it can only go up, okay? And I'm glad I had this experience because now I'm more committed to making money than ever before or I'm more committed to experiencing abundance than ever before. I'm more committed to happiness than ever before. I mean that's an easy example. In the moment, it can be a little tough just getting it ramped up. But so you just start where you start very gently and you start very easily and you don't make it a big deal. And when you can't do it, distract yourself, pet the puppy, go for a walk.
1: I love that. It's just, I, that's what I did in the very, very beginning um, when I was just, well, I was kind of in the depths of despair. I mean, not even like stuck in my story. like I hadn't even entered that phase yet, but it was just. There was so much out of my control. So like, I felt like everything. And it was up to me to focus on, I actually made a list of I made I made several lists. I am a list maker, but I made a list of the people that really care about me because I was so focused on my ex and what was happening. And I was giving him so much power. And he was one human. He was one human that I was letting giving so much energy to. And so I made a list of all the people that truly cared about me. I made a list of um the things I was grateful for, which I sort of laughed at because I'm like, there's nothing to be grateful for. But there is. you know, I had a roof over my head and gas in my car, et cetera, et cetera. And then I also started marking the days off of my calendar just so I can see progress in um, what was happening day to day. And it's true. It's just, it's these like small things that you do to move forward and focus on and realize what you do have positive control over, even if it's not a lot.
0: That's exactly right. So gratitude is a great place to start. But if you can't find anything to feel authentically grateful for, distract yourself, focus on things that are easy to feel good about when you focus on them. That's and once good. you've got some speed and momentum going, then you can start to focus increasing on gratitude because gratitude is pretty, actually pretty high up on an emotional scale. So mm-hmm. if you're feeling depression or you're feeling frustration or hopelessness or helplessness, you can't really reach for gratitude quite yet. You've got to do some things that take your mind off the things that hurt so much. And then once you've got that speed and momentum going, you can then focus on gratitude. Yeah. And that's what you did so well there, Andrew. I mean, it's pretty incredible.
1: It was out of sheer desperation, like, I'll be honest with everybody, like, (laughs) I... I was in such the depths of despair. I I knew and I I feel like I had a similar experience to what you were talking about in the beginning of our conversation about that feeling of peace that washed over me where I knew and I got down on my knees and asked for help. I was so desperate and I I said out loud, I said, I know that this is not where I was meant to end up. Please guide me wherever. And I was still I was in a very weird kind of like spiritual transition place, too. So, you know, I hadn't prayed in like a decade. And I'm like, who am I praying to? I don't even know and what do I believe anymore? I didn't know that either. And it took me some years to get some clarity, but in that moment I had some kind of foundation and it was just, I I surrendered to what was next. I didn't know what it, what it was, capital I T. And it was, I feel like the, the resources opened up to me. I, I started reading self-help books and I joined, um, a divorce support group, both in person and online. And this was sort of like the beginning stages of, well, I guess it had been happening for a while in like AOL chat rooms, but it was too. 2006. And so, you know, like online forums and things like that. And, and it was, I believe that it was divine intervention that both set me on my path. And also when I was like, what the fuck is this path? It gave (laughs) me the resources like, wait, 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 no, no, you don't have to do it all alone here. Here's some, here's some crumbs. (laughs) Yes. No, no, it was more than that.
0: But, but, but you make a great point. And that is that you don't, it's impossible to really see the entire picture looking forward. Looking back, it all makes complete sense. And that's why you've got to be careful of like taking score too quickly about what's happening or not happening in your life based on your faith or based on your positive thinking or based on even the action you're taking because you can't see the entire picture. And Steve Jobs actually spoke to that very well. He said it was faith Ultimately, that allowed him to continue to persist when things didn't look so great. Right. And and so you've got to kind of remember that. And that's why for me it's so huge to prioritize like the peace and the happiness and the joy and the love first. Because if you don't, you're gonna live a very conditional life and you're gonna to continue to take some score of what's happening in your external reality. And you're gonna say, I'm not doing this thing right. I'm not thinking positively enough. I'm not, you know. Th- following the right spiritual path or God isn't love me, or you're going to have all these stories about what's happening, but you're not going to realize till 10 years down the road or 10 minutes from now, what's actually happening. That was actually some incredible sort of uh, path was unfolding before your eyes, but you simply couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. And so you just got to be careful of that because the small things end up being, end up being very significant things. Um, but you won't realize that until you sort of live your way into those moments. Wow. And so for now, you've got to just focus on feeling better. Like that's, the, that's, the, that's not only the starting place, but that's the end game anyway. So if you can do that, you're much smarter than you realize you are. And you'll yeah. get there much quicker. And you'll get there much more enjoyably as well.
1: Yes yes, yes, yes. I, I want to ask you one more question before we, before we close up. And what is one simple action, a listener, you've given so many tools, you've given all the way, all the good stuff, but I, I would love to know one more simple action a listener can take today to be on that ha- path to happiness.
0: Oh my gosh. That's like asking Michael Jackson what his favorite song. Is or <laughs> Not like Michael Jackson, I always say it's like asking like me to choose to my
1: children. Guy. Yeah. It's so yeah.
0: <laughs> totally. Exactly it's my favorite dessert or something. Um, I would say two things. Okay. And I know you asked for one, but I, if you boil everything down, you can either think about this from a positive thinking perspective or a non thinking perspective. And so if you can simply focus on that, which feels good when you focus on it, even if it's unrelated to what you're trying to create in your life, that itself will allow things to improve. So if you like petting the puppy, pet the puppy more. Okay, like just that simple thing, but but do what you can in order to sort of think in a more positive direction, that's one. The other option, which I think they work great in concert, is not thinking. Not thinking essentially means just whenever you've got thoughts that disturb you, that upset your peace, just drop them. Try to bring yourself back to the present moment. Try to find something in the present moment to enjoy. And as you do more and more of that, your brain will literally rewire itself so it will become the default option. It'll be very easy for you to do it. You won't have to try anymore. So let's say those two things. The third thing I'll mention, because you asked for one and I'm obviously not (laughs) listening, is exercise. Yeah. Like, I mean, it sounds silly, but I mean, exercise, exercising for 30 minutes a day is the equivalent to taking antidepressant. It's the equivalent to taking a Prozac. It has that powerful effect your psycho emotional well being. Okay, it's like, so in, in other words, not exercising is the equivalent to taking some kind of depressant pill, some, some kind of pill that makes you instantly depressed and anxious. So I would say, I guess, those three things. It's really, um, so that's sort of body, the last one. Mind is the positive thinking, and the non thinking, I guess I would call it soul mm-hmm. mind, body, and soul.
1: Mm hmm. Yes. Find physical activity that you love. If you hate it, then find something else. There's so many different options out there to, to move your body and, and take care of yourself physically. Totally. totally. Rob Everybody go and read and follow Rob on social media and see his snappy dressing. Thank you so <laughs> much for being here. I have loved this conversation. You I've been contemplating getting my positive psychology certification and you really, you really have pushed me over there. I just, it's so fascinating. I love, I, I just want- love science too.
0: I've noticed, and I will say, first of all, again, I love you so much, Andrea. Your energy is so infectious, your transparency, your honesty. You've got like these countless gifts. And every time I'm simply in your presence, I feel so much better off for it. So thank you so much, not just for what you do, but for who you are. I think you're just spectacular. And definitely do the positive psych certificate if you're interested.
1: I I really, yeah. really might. Oh. You're just so full of wisdom and love. And I just, I love your energy too. And I will definitely keep you posted on the positive psychology <laughs> thing. CoachRobMack.com, everyone and listeners out there, I know how valuable your time is. Thank you so much for spending it with me and my listeners. I'm so incredibly grateful for you. And please, please, please hang out every week with me. And until I see you next time, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye, everybody.